it's Monday, and that so happens to be the day that I like to talk about monsters. Hello and welcome to Monster Mondays. I'm Jeff Firebuckle, co-host of the podcast Film Seizure that you can catch each Wednesday at filmseizure.com or at a number of podcast providers online. Last week, I visited the House of Frankenstein. This week, I go one door over to check out the House of Dracula. House of Frankenstein was enough of a hit for Universal to realize their idea of putting all their recognizable monsters into one movie turned out to be a pretty good idea. At a time when Universal's classic monster series was really running out of gas, that movie, House of Frankenstein, starring their greatest of stars, Boris Karloff, was able to keep the whole franchise breathing, even if it was still basically on life support. In 1945, Universal was in their 15th year of making horror films. The iconic moments and scenes uh, and the films that would to this day be remembered as outright classics and greats of that era of the genre were becoming fewer and farther between. The Mummy series had pretty much outlasted its welcome after being revived in the early 40s. The Invisible Man series was done as there was really only so much you could really do with that character, as it was often more revered for its technical elements and effects. The Wolfman was a massive hit and turned Lon Chaney Jr. into a legitimate star, but the concept and the character of Larry Talbot was becoming a heck of a one-note thing, uh, especially with how he was kind of portrayed as this kind of sympathetic monster. Uh, Things were waning big time, but as I said, House of Frankenstein proved to be a hit, so Universal was quick to launch a follow-up with their other major monster, and thus House of Dracula was put into production. Much like with House of Frankenstein, trailers and posters and other advertisements heavily leaned in on there being five monsters for the price of a single movie ticket. Again, it would be the same lineup. Dracula, Frankenstein's monster, the Wolfman, the Mad Scientist or the Mad Doctor, and uh, a Hunchback. And yet again, the Hunchback was labeled a monster but not portrayed as one. This time around, it would be a female nurse Hunchback working with that Mad Doctor who promised to fix her figure. And in some ways, this lady Hunchback has some courage to her too that is pretty refreshing to see so with that let's just get into this movie and then before we wrap things up i'll talk about what would ultimately become of universal and the classic monsters after this film's release just before dawn one morning count dracula played again by john carradine arrives at the home of dr franz edelman edelman lives in Fisaria, where the last film concluded How did Dracula resurrect? Don't worry about it. He just says he's traveled a long way to see him. Edelman knows a thing or two about vampirism. Or at least he has ideas around what causes vampirism in a person. Dracula wishes to be cured of this curse of his. And Dracula requests to go to the basement of Edelman's castle where he reveals that he's placed his coffin with some home soil there so that he can return there each night and sleep. Now Edelman agrees to help the Count and the doctor is kind of a well-respected guy working on all sorts of new cures and what have you. He has two nurses, the pretty but hunchback Nina and the gorgeous Milizia. Now 
Edelman has an idea for Dracula's Cure, something to do with how vampirism is a parasite and a blood transfusion will probably help cure him. Now, while Edelman and uh, Dracula are doing the first transfusion, Larry Talbot comes in desperately looking for help from Edelman, saying that he couldn't wait the hour that Edelman and Dracula were busy. Uh, later, Inspector Holtz, played by Lionel Atwell, who has appeared in almost every Universal Classic since the late 30s, calls Edelman, saying that Talbot came to the station and demanded being locked up in a cell. And Edelman and Melitza uh, arrive to talk to Talbot, and they witness him transform into the Wolfman. And so Edelman is suddenly becoming a monster doctor that they all want to see to get a cure from. Oh yeah, don't worry about how Larry Talbot got better from a bad case of being shot by a silver bullet in the last movie. Don't worry about it. He's, he's here now. He's fine. Uh, now, Edelman thinks that Larry's werewolfism is uh, something of a self-hypnosis, uh, the way that he acts at least, coupled with some sort of pressure on Larry's brain that allows for him to change his appearance to basically create that hairy look that he has. Now, he can't really do much about the pressure on his brain this evening, but Edelman says that he can confine Talbot for the evening, and Larry is no fan of this, so he tries jumping off a cliff into the sea. Edelman goes searching for Tal Talbot in the caves along the shoreline, and he does find Larry, but somehow the wolfman transforms back to a human before he's able to kill Edelman. And in this cave... Edelman shows Talbot that there are these spores that uh, will help alleviate that pressure on Larry's brain to stop transforming him into a wolfman. Um, they also find the body of Frankenstein's monster still clutching Nemon's skeleton from the last movie in this cave. Now, the monster is still alive, so Edelman takes the monster into his lab, and he would like to revive the monster because that's what all these scientists want to do the moment they lay eyes on Frankenstein's monster. Now, it seems Edelman is less interested in helping Dracula or Talbot, but Nina actually does convince Edelman to call off his attempts to revive the creature, reminding him how terrible the monster has been in the past. So when Dracula arrives for his next transfusion, he hears Melitza play uh, the piano. And when she starts playing something a little more melancholy and darker on autopilot, he suddenly decides that uh, he wants that lady and not the cure. And Edelman, realizing that Melitza is in trouble, decides that he will prepare a transfusion that will destroy Dracula. However, Dracula gets the drop on him and Nina and puts them both to sleep reversing the transfusion's flow and it ends up tainting Edelman's blood and with Talbot's help Edelman and Nina ultimately can save Melitza and uh, Edelman is able to throw Dracula's coffin open after the morning sun rises to kill him oh yeah so don't worry the Dracula whose name is in the title of this movie is dead 25 minutes before the end of the movie that his name is in the title of but I digress. Uh, Edelman's blood is tainted by Dracula and he begins feeling strange and he realizes that he no longer casts the reflection in the mirror and his eyes begin to darken and he's almost something of a Jekyll and Hyde type character now. The first thing he does is try to revive Frankenstein's monster but is unsuccessful. Uh, 
When Edelman regains his humanity, he offers to operate immediately on Nina to fix her hunchback, but she declines so that he can operate on Talbot instead. And as Talbot recuperates from his procedure, he witnesses a crazed Edelman leave the castle and run after his gardener, who's just left on a carriage. And just before that carriage arrives in town, Edelman kills the driver, uh, but is seen by the locals who then chase him away, thinking that they're chasing after the Wolfman. The villagers start to realize that maybe it was Edelman who killed the gardener. And Edelman is hoping to prevent the word of what he's becoming from getting out until he can operate on Nina to fix her back. But the villagers are looking for justice sooner than later. They just so happen to come for that justice on the night of the next full moon, which does prove that Larry is cured as he stands outside in direct full moonlight and does not transform. And like Dracula, the Wolfman is no more. Edelman has transformed, though, and slipped away to continue trying to revive the Frankenstein monster. This time, he's successful and the monster starts to get off the slab, but is interrupted by Nina. As Edelman kills her, Larry, Melitza, and the police come in, and Larry shoots Edelman to death. And the Frankenstein monster approaches Larry, but Larry is able to light the entire lab on fire and destroy the monster when the building collapses in around him. And that's how the franchises of Frankenstein, Dracula, and the Wolfman all come to a close in a scant 67 minutes. Now let's get to the three things I like about House of Dracula. First, and this is something of a small thing that really only comes up in a couple of scenes of this movie, but there are some great use of uh, depicting things in shadows. Uh, there's an obvious German expressionism influence going on here when Edelman is running away from the villagers after killing the gardener. Uh, we see his shadow grow larger and cast itself over the town. Um, later, when he kills Nina, the initial confrontation and his lunging towards her to throttle and ultimately break her neck, uh, all of that is portrayed in large shadows against his lab wall. Even when the chase in town is not using shadows, there's almost um, a, a tip of a hat of some sort to Renfield's escape in Nosferatu and how he has to run away from the townsfolk in that movie. So it's a little more interesting than it really has any need to be in the way it uses the visuals, especially with a lot of Edelman's transformation and how he now becomes this kind of shadowy figure that that kind of begins to cast itself over the entire movie second speaking of edelman i really like the performance of onslow stevens who plays dr edelman he's effectively the lead of this movie it's a little hokey in a charming way that he tries to modernize the explanations of vampirism and lycanthropy uh, but he comes across as a legitimate good guy and a legitimate very smart guy he wants to help dracula but realizes that he's only really endangered his nurses and himself so while he does have an altruistic reason behind allowing the world's most famous vampire into his home he also knows of a way to destroy the monster however he's corrupted which forces stevens to play two roles in one movie sometimes he's the good guy doctor sometimes he's a monster there's a great scene where Edelman has gotten into the carriage with the gardener Ludwig, 
and he is crazed. I mean, Ludwig is unable to make eye contact with Edelman uh, while the doctor almost comes across as threatening with only his words. His eventual attack on the gardener and the subsequent murder is far less interesting and thrilling as the dialogue scene between the two characters just before that. It's a really, really effective and great scene. Thirdly, I have a great deal of nostalgia for House of Dracula. Technically, this is not as good of a story in production as House of Frankenstein was. That said, this is the one that I saw before House of Frankenstein. I think I saw it for the first time one October on Sci-Fi Channel when they were showing a bunch of different related movies each week of a uh, single monster for the month of Halloween. Uh, they'd have a week of Dracula movies, a, re a week of Frankenstein movies, and so on. And I remember watching this late one night on the channel and just really digging it. I'd be crazy to put this in a list of the best Universal Monster movies, but I have no problem putting this on a list of fun movies to watch during the Halloween season. Uh, it's an easy breezy 67 minute runtime, so, uh, but it also has a look to it that puts you in the mood for fall and October. Uh, considering most of this movie takes place at night, seemingly in Europe, in a town that looks just kind of cold. Uh, it does make me think of the fall, even you know, as I watch it during the summer. Each time I watch this movie, I'm taken back to maybe 1996 or 97, when I was diving headfirst into these Universal movies and getting a kick out of enjoying each of these classics. Um, I get the same feeling from a few of the other films in the franchise, but not quite like this one. I worked at a video store and spent a lot of time working day shifts where uh, I wouldn't get too many customers, but I would have things to do, like maybe preparing the week's new releases and stuff. Um, so these Universal Classics were easy to pull off the shelves and put into the store of VCR to have fun um, watching and letting them run while I was doing that work. And again, come September and October, they were the absolute go-to movies for me to put on during those afternoons at work. Now, effectively, House of Dracula would end the actual Universal Classic Monsters horror cycle. Uh, the stone had been completely and totally squeezed, and all of the blood was gone. Um, it was obvious that the series was limping already, and, and the film would not gross all that well. Reviews were, at best, mixed. Uh, Universal would still release horror and thrillers um, in the years that followed. Um, House of Horror starring Rondo Hatton and She-Wolf of London being two of the more popular movies, uh, both released in 1946. Um, the truth, though, was that Universal could no longer depend on their iconic monsters like they could in the 30s and early 40s. Uh, this was a relatively rough time for Universal that wouldn't see the company bounce back for a little bit. Their monsters would return with thanks to the comedy duo Abbott and Costello in a series of comedies that personally I don't particularly care much for, uh, but they were popular and probably the best one would be the first one, Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein, which also brought Bela Lugosi back into the fold as Dracula in 1948. It also brought back um, Lon Chaney Jr. as Larry Talbot. In 1951, Abbott and Costello did another where they met the Invisible Man, 
and then they meet the mummy in 1955. But by the 50s, science fiction would be the wave of horror and thriller future, and Universal would cash in with Creature from the Black Lagoon, which would become a significant monster icon and was uh, one of the last ones to be added to their famous roster in various marketing and merchandising. One more creature would join the ranks in some cases, but we'll talk more about that one in a couple of weeks. In the end, no matter how each film is received and what people think of them today, there is no doubt that Universal did more with their classic monsters to further the imaginations of moviegoers for foggy cemeteries, monsters uh, creeping through the dark woods, and things that would go bump in the night than any other production studio ever did. These are films that will forever be studied, watched, and enjoyed by film buffs and horror aficionados the world over. Now keep in mind, I still do have the 1943 Phantom of the Opera, I still have Son of Dracula, and a couple of the Mummy and Invisible Man sequels to get to, so I'm not totally done with these when it comes to Monster Mondays, but the list has grown incredibly short. I do finish, you know, those franchises and or when, once I do finish those franchises and finish the Godzilla films, I will have a similar feeling to what some are thinking about with the Voyager probes now exiting the solar system. It's going to be weird not having that, you know, those series, much like not having that uh, data from Voyager, um, which, you know, these series the Universal Classic Monsters and the Godzilla series. I mean, these were absolutely my original inspiration to starting the series. And, you know, I do still have some entries left to cover in both of those series, but again, those lists are getting pretty short. So we're kind of getting near the end of an era for Monster Mondays. Now that wraps up this week's Monster Mondays. You can catch new episodes of Monster Mondays each Monday at FilmSeizure.com. But don't forget to follow Film Seizure at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to Film Seizure to get both the Film Seizure podcast and Monster Mondays at your favorite podcast providers, as well as YouTube. You can also check out my website, BMovieEnema.com, to read new reviews every Friday morning. Next time, we're going to go underground and uh, investigate some things about the mole people. So until next week, stay spooky.